Every Genesis is a reminder to try something new, to keep growing, keep hustling, keep beginning. At Genesis, they harness that mindset into their performance SUV, the GV70. Turn heads with a stunning design inside and out. Discover intuitive technology inside the GV70 with a 14.5-inch infotainment system. The Genesis GV70 is for those who are making their mark on the world and want to enjoy luxurious amenities while they do it. So go on and enjoy an exhilarating drive in the GV70. Your Genesis GV70 is waiting for you. Learn more at Genesis.com. Genesis, keep beginning. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their most incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, I have a very dear friend. We have health and wellness coach and creator of the so beyond amazing Melissa Wood Health Empire, Melissa Wood. On today's episode, Melissa reflects on her tough childhood, her personal anxieties, taking on the leader of the house role at a very young age, and also her feelings of being very insecure about her education and the struggles she had in school. Melissa also opens up with us on her ability now and when she was younger to focus on creating incredibly strong relationships, how that really helped her navigate through her life and bonds with others in order to succeed. And now, and over the last several years, taking the time to heal and really just love herself. And quite honestly, I think that's the relationship we all struggle with the most. So it's really incredible to hear from Melissa. So let's get into it. You're such a great example of someone who worked so incredibly hard to be where you are. You're so grateful for every single step. You're very open about the steps and you you deserve to be where you are. But I also think that you've really maintained this strength and femininity and overall beauty about you. And I don't say beauty because you're beautiful. I just mean an overall, just like you have this beautiful presence about you when you enter a room. And I think like for me, when I say climbing in heels, it doesn't mean heels. It just means that you are embracing being a woman, embracing your femininity, but really owning your strength and your superpowers. But I always like to really go back just and touch on the start because I think it's so important for me just to know like, who on earth were you as a kid? Like who, what kind of little girl were you? Were you like ambitious? Were you a dreamer? Were you dancing? Were you in the center of the room? Were you in the back of the room? What kind of child were you? And do you feel like you're that same person? (laughs) Well, first of all, thank you. I feel like the one thing I'm learning to do in life is just like let things come in and take things in. And thank you for it's hard, right? It's hard, right? Yeah, no, it is. It's it's so interesting because I think we're so hard on ourselves and to just give yes. a moment when someone is, you know, praising you, I, I think it's it's really important. So thank you. I'm so honored to be here. And I'm very unbiased. I also want to say that I am so 
unbiased. You came into my life, I think over the pandemic, I saw you, I realized that we kind of knew some of the same people, but I was very, very drawn to your like, you know, for lack of sounding very LA, because I'm a New Yorker at heart for life, your energy, <laughs> like I just felt it. And in the pandemic, I think it was sort of like, that was all we had. Right. So right. I just felt like, okay, she's who I, she's who I need. She's the vibe that I'm, that I need right now. And then we just became Insta friends and then all of a sudden we got to be together. So we thank social media for these things. Well, I've like secretly manifested you into my life, Rachel. <laughs> I've been eyeing you for years. I love you, you cutie. It's true. such a cutie you know, it's, it's so funny having you ask me about my childhood. I actually was home this past weekend. And whenever I go home, I always drive by the house that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just such a moment of perspective mm-hmm. and to really take it back to, you know, the seven-year-old girl that moved into that house. And I was like looking up at the window that was my room. I shared with, you know, I have four sisters. I have you have four brother. sisters. I have, yeah. I have a lot of siblings. <laughs> I know Wait, four sisters and how many brothers? One brother, one brother. So you're one of six. Wait, did yes. I do it? Yes. You're one of six. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. Wow. Okay. So, you know, we grew up in this tiny little house, my sisters and I, and I was like a mini little mom. You know, my mom was a single mother. My parents got a divorce when I was young. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was like, when I think back to my childhood, I'd, it was a tough childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just like always trying to do anything and everything that I could to let, to help my mom so that my mom wouldn't come home and be stressed and, you know, unhappy with the house being dirty. And I was really bossy Mm -hmm. and my sister, I could see that. Were you the oldest? Are you the oldest? I'm the middle. You're the middle. Okay. Five. Okay. Interesting. No, because normally it's the oldest one that kind of takes on that mom role. And something I want to mention too, and I don't want to interrupt you, but one of the common threads on this podcast is how many of these superwomen come from single moms. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot. And I think you take a lot from that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I even like the relationship that I've built with my mother now, I'm like, how did you do it? Yeah. And like, no wonder why. <laughs> everything was always a little stressed out. It was like, you know, my mom was doing everything that she could to make ends meet. And my father too. I, you know, I saw my dad on the weekends, but yeah, I was, I really was a worker Mm -hmm. since the moment I remember. It was like, even if I wasn't getting paid, I was like working in the Mm -hmm. house. I was doing the dishes. I was cleaning up. I was just always a doer. Mm -hmm. And as the second I was able to get a job. I did. And it's just, I think, you know, for me, it was, I was just always looking to do anything and everything that I could to help even like provide for my sisters. Like I would buy supplies for my sisters. I would like give my sister her quarter for our like quarter lunch that I was like so embarrassed about then. But now when I go home, I'm able to like really reflect and be like, wow, I can't believe that I was able to move through all of these challenges and 
the way that we were brought up. And now I live in New York City. It's just... And where was this, Melissa? Where was this? You grew up? I grew up in Syracuse, New York. Got it. Okay. Okay. So that's crazy because, well, I say that in a way that now as an adult, I'm sure, as you said, it's like, first of all, my sister's been a single mom for 17 years. Her kids are now in their 20s. So I... I love your sister. Thank you. Me too. I'm obsessed with her. But I have to say there's no harder job. Like I have to say Mm -hmm. no matter what. But when you take that and say you had five siblings and a single mom and you took on that role at like a very young age. And, you know, my mother had that role as well. My mom said, I didn't have a childhood. My mom was like, I was taking care of my sister since I was 10 years old. She's like, my parents went to work and I was the parent. And yeah. and so, but what's interesting is that it's like, I hate to be that cliche of like something good comes out of everything bad and hard, but that's hugely responsible for who you are today, right? And, and I think oh, yeah. it, that put in you... I'm not expecting anything. I'm going to get it myself. This is my work ethic. You have to work hard in life. Like those things are things that really can't be taught. I have to tell no. you. Oh, I know. And, right? <laughs> right? I mean, can't be taught. No. I wish we could. I wish we could. <laughs> no, my friend, you are, you aren't. <laughs> it's in you or it's not. I wish it it's could true. be. But it's interesting. And so, okay. So what about, and again, I want to preface this by saying, in no way does it define you, but I think it's important to, to talk about what your education. So did you graduate high school? Did you go to college? Like what happened? Because I've, by the way, 60% of the women that I've been on did not go to college right. and no, I'm, barely I'm, high school. <laughs> no, I'm so happy to talk about this because I never thought I was smart growing up. It was always like, even moving to New York, it was just like, it's always been the one thing that I have felt a lot of shame around. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is society Yes, that, you know, the second you meet people, usually one of the first questions people ask you, what do you do at a school? And like, when you're at a dinner party with, of course, you know, very successful people and you're like, well, I didn't. Um, Who went to prep school, who went to this, who went to this college, who got this, Sure. Of course. It was one thing that was really hard for me mm-hmm. when I moved to New York yep. and I I did graduate high school. Okay. I struggled in school. Yeah. I I wouldn't say that I was a bad student, mm-hmm. but I think when you grow up in a household that is literally just trying to like get Survive. by. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like full-blown survival mode. Education you know, is not it's not really a priority and like checking to see if homework is done. And, sure. And not that my parents didn't care. I, of course. I really want to stress that. Of course. They had so much to worry about. And with so many kids, it's like we kind of had to fend for ourselves. Sure. And for me, the way to really get by was like, since I was very young, I feel like one thing that I did without ever even realizing it, but I see it now is I've always built strong relationships Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I always like somehow became friends with like the smartest kids who would like help me, you know, and sure. But like (laughs) we would hang and like, it wasn't just, it was really like we became friends and it is truly what got me by. And I think just being a really kind child, like I was always really kind and gracious and and just, I always asked for help because I needed a lot of help Mm -hmm. and school was really, really hard for me. 
like I'm lucky that I I graduated. <laughs> Truly. I, I only laugh because I laugh because not like funny laugh. I laugh because there's this huge societal judgment mm-hmm. about and it depends on where you live and what you do, right? And I think, of right. course, if you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, or you're this or that, a scientist, whatever, go to school. Right. Go to school. Go, do an extra 15 years of school after you graduate college. Great. Right. Godspeed. I wasn't that person. Mm-hmm. I did well when I tried. I went to college. I somehow graduated well. But, like, I have to tell you, I don't think those stigmas are going to exist for that much longer because I really think I have two friends that just spoke at Harvard Business School, tremendously successful businesses. They barely graduated high school. They Mm -hmm. spoke about it very honestly. And to your point, the reason I think it's important to talk about is because I really stand by the fact that your education in no way defines you. It in no way determines your future and success. No. I think that intelligence has a hundred different ways to measure it. I think as women, I always felt dumb. I always felt dumb. In fact, in fact, I grew up in a town where, you know, everyone went to Ivy Leagues. My parents' friends' kids all went to Ivy League schools. And I kept looking at my parents like, oh God, you know, they, my parents uh-huh. didn't care. They didn't put that on me. Thank God. But but I have to say. I just remember my mom's best friend saying to me, Rachel, don't be confused. This is not a measure of your intelligence at all. You're smarter than any of those people that are going to those schools. I know it because my son's going to Ivy Leagues. I'm telling you, I don't worry about you. And this was when I was like 17. And I was like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I was like sobbing. So I think to your point, we all are smart in different ways, right? And I think clearly it has not impacted your life, your journey, I think it does impact our security, right? Like our confidence in who we are. Oh, yes. And I think we have to break and you have to break. And I think there's this huge conversation now happening, especially with women talking very loudly about it's not the path for everybody, right? It's not. And it doesn't have to be. And there shouldn't be a stigma around it. And I think, I mean, you're clearly evidence of that and so many others. And so, but I do think that it is this hard moment when you're in that conversation of what school did you go to? Because even Mm -hmm. still, I still have people, I mean, I'm like a (laughs) hundred and someone says, what school did you go to? I'm like, why are you asking me that? That's such a weird question. Like I don't even ask that in job interviews, you know, it's It's just so so common. It's wild. And it's, what's so crazy is like, So I did, I went to a community college Mm -hmm. right near Syracuse and I did graduate with an associate's degree, which still shocked, you know, it was really hard. But that's amazing. To do that. But I, you know, I always felt like a bit of an outsider because Mm -hmm. everyone went away to school. I didn't even apply to school. Like we didn't even walk through that process. And, you know, now to have a case study where like Harvard Business School wrote a case study on my business. And I'll never forget when I had the call with the professors and I cried. (laughs) I was like, you don't understand. Like I never thought it was smart. And to have a school like Harvard Mm -hmm. recognize something that I have built is just like, it's such a moment for all 
mm-hmm. the young mm-hmm. boys and girls out there to know that there is a place yep. for you. Like no matter if you feel no matter like how you do it. it. Exactly. And if it does, if you don't know in this moment, because I didn't know for a really long time, I didn't know my strengths. I didn't even know how to discover my strengths. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm happy to share a lot of that too, but there really is, I think, something for us all, for us to tap into. And it's just discovered in so many different ways. And it's, I like how beautiful, right? Well, so at what point, did you, so you moved to New York, whatever you, I knew Noah, of course, in my old <laughs> life. Right. And my yeah. old, like fun, I love New York life. The best like decade of my life, of course, not counting the one with my kids, but <laughs> definitely that was, that was a ride of New York city being its absolute best self. But like, how did you meet Noah? How did that start? You're now this mom with these gorgeous young children climbing all over your head and your body while you're trying to make a green juice smoothie (laughs) while you're like, it's all happening. And somehow you've created this movement quite literally that appeals to really everyone on some level, because it's almost like, I feel like you like saw me, like, I feel like you were trying to be like, Hey, everyone, if you move for 10 minutes, this is a game changing moment. You don't have to do two hours a day. You don't have to commit your whole life to exercise. And you really do speak very strongly about the mind and the body and how connected they are. And I think quite candidly, I think one of the things I find most endearing about you is that you really talk about your own and your own struggles. And like, I'm having a rough day. I was like, having a panic attack this morning and I did this and now I'm like, I'm breathing. Right. And I think that so many of us do that every day. Right. So what was the impetus for this? Because I think what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, and you know, this is where my psych major moments come in, but like Hmm. you're a survivor, honestly, (laughs) like you're a survivor. And I think it's like, you're this beautiful, chic, elegant, badass, mom, superwoman, all these things. But ultimately you really started young as a survivor. And I think I'm going to argue and say that really is the impetus for how you live your life now. But I think my guess is you're probably trying to figure out how to process it, take it in, enjoy it, recognize it and live it. Right. And not feel like, like a hamster on a wheel. Right. No, definitely. I mean, I feel like I've been trying to get off that wheel. And and to be honest with you, for the first time in my life, I haven't been feeling anxious. Good. And that was my baseline for most of my life. And now me too. at 40 years old, I'm like, oh, wait, like I don't need to live my life. Like there's a tiger freaking chasing me uh-huh. throughout my entire day, every day, no matter what mm-hmm. is going on. So you know, a lot of what has gotten me to this place right here is years ago when I started this business. And I really have to share this, you guys. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't think no one in my mind I was starting a business. I just was, I was trying to heal myself. Yeah. I was really trying to change my relationship with myself because I didn't like myself. Mm-hmm. At this time when I like, 
really was stepping on the mat. I was battling overcoming an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I had cystic acne all over my face, down my, my neck, my back. I looked in the mirror and I only saw the things that I hated. Sure. I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't treat myself with love. And how old were you then, Melissa? How, like, just to get like a time frame? I mean, I was in my, I was in my like early thirties okay. Okay. and I was with Noah, yep. which I'll, I'll yep. bring that yep. back no, to okay. because okay. that was a really important shift yeah. in it all too. But for me, it was like when I finally, for the first time in my life was no longer running from myself mm-hmm. and I was no longer running from my upbringing mm-hmm. or the traumas that mm-hmm. were literally just making me live in utter fear. Mm -hmm. I started to get a little comfortable, like sharing the real shit. Like look at the things that I was trying to mask. I never in my, like growing up, I didn't want anyone to know like anything that was going on. I did anything and everything that I could to make things feel normal. And it was really hard. It's so hard wearing that mask for so many years. And when it's like I living a York, lie. It's like living a it's lie, like living a yeah. lie which is exhausting and, and paralyzing. It's exhausting. And I finally was like, actually, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> I suffer from anxiety. Right. <laughs> I have a horrible relationship with myself, which has transmuted itself into a horrible relationship with food. And I slowly started getting comfortable sharing it. And a lot of the reason why I did is because I was with someone in my life who gave me a sense of, I don't even like to say it's, it wasn't even security. No, safety, 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 is your safe this real safe haven of love and support. And I mean, I used to cry to him and like, he would get up in the morning. He would like jump out of bed. He was so happy and enthusiastic for his day. And I'd be like, you know, I didn't love what I was doing. I was so down. I would literally sleep until the moment I had to like run out the door and get ready. And I would like beg him to tell me like, how do I find my thing? How do, and he was like, you just have to pay attention to the things that like, get you going. And like, I say it now, I'm like the things that like light you up, like for me, it's the simplest things that bring me back to this peaceful place within Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. that moves me away from the anxious cycle of living on the hamster wheel. And he really taught me how to focus my energy. I did not know how to do that before. How could you? How could you? You were like running. That's what I'm saying. You were a born hustler. I have the hustle in my bones, but I think sometimes you can hustle yourself to a point where you're just, it's just nothing is fulfilling. Of course. Well, you can't feel it. You're never stopping to actually feel it, right? Like you're just going. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's like survival. It's just, you're just going. You're like this day, this day, this day. It's not, it's not about money. It's just sort of like, it's just that constant feeling of, okay, what's next? I don't even know what I'm doing. Okay, great. Okay, I'm doing this. It's like moving through life in a way that you're actually kind of numb, right? You don't actually feel yes. what's happening. And I think oh, yeah. this sounds like you centered and woke up and was like, okay, okay, this isn't working. Yeah, I faced it all. <laughs> yeah, I faced it. And I faced it surprisingly enough 
with the camera on me uh-huh. because it's it's so interesting because like, I mean, I shared on social media before I ever even shared with like the closest people in my life that uh-huh. had an eating disorder. Uh-huh. And for me, I found this comfort in the online community that I was building because I felt like there was, I mean, we're talking like back before yeah, I even yeah. had 10,000 yeah, yeah. followers, but yeah. it was like, there was this like together togetherness and like this release of judgment where I was so afraid Mm -hmm. to tell the people who knew me and I was hiding something from them. And it really sparked this like, wow, I can connect with someone in like in South Africa or Australia and like in my living room. Like it was really interesting. And well, you like you shared your vulnerabilities. And I think there's this whole thing on Instagram, which, you know, you've talked about, we've probably all talked about where there's this image of perfection in everyone that they see. And we all know that's not real, right? Like we know that's not real. So I think by you doing that and it resonating with so many people, I think that's what really started to make people really want to be part of your world because you were like, they were like, here's this beautiful person. She lives in a beautiful, she's in New York city. She's doing this. She has these things, whatever it is. And you're like, Hey, like I'm a mess too. Like, yeah, right. I mean, we all are, we all are. That's a thing, but like, no, not everyone talks about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it was also like, starting to see myself differently. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally learned to love myself fully on the map. And I would like, you know, I, I read all these books, like Louise Hayes, how to heal your life and Marianne Williamson's uh, return to love. And those books really did help me and my practice be able to look at myself in the mirror and see that younger version of myself who was literally just wanted more love Mm -hmm. than now and Mm -hmm. being able to provide myself with that instead of externally looking for it in all the wrong places for the first time, I have transformed into a completely different version of myself. And I really understood and I still understand today because it's still, it's like, we're just continuously peeling back these layers. And I'm like, I like myself even more now. Like it's, and it's, it really is something that I truly wanted to share with other people because I felt like possible for me. I know it's possible for anyone out there who really wants it. Yeah. And who really wants to live their life in this place. Every Genesis is a reminder to try something new, to keep growing, keep hustling, keep beginning. At Genesis, they harness that mindset into their performance SUV, the GV70. Discover intuitive technology inside the GV70 with a 14.5-inch infotainment system. The Genesis GV70 is for those who are making their mark on the world and want to enjoy luxurious amenities while they do it. I used to dread driving around LA because of the traffic, the stop and go, the blaring sun, always getting directly into my eyes no matter what time of day it is. But thanks to Genesis and their GV70, driving around here isn't too bad, especially when I'm driving in style. Turn heads with the stunning design of the GV70 inside and out. The GV70 features the silhouette of a coupe and the capability of an SUV. So go on and enjoy an exhilarating drive in the GV70. 
your Genesis GV70 is waiting for you. Learn more at Genesis.com. Genesis, keep beginning. Everyone knows that nothing brings your day or week to a halt like getting sick or just not feeling well. When you find the right doctor, you can feel it. You feel heard and at ease. There's nothing worse than going to a doctor's appointment expecting to be the center of attention and then your doctor basically seems like they have better things to do and better places to be. Like, doesn't care at all. On ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't even met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Zoe and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Zoe. ZocDoc dot com slash Zoe. It's funny because I think you talk about it and I, I think something you're also very candid about is sometimes it's all lot. And even with your kids, you're like, this is freaking rough and insane oh God, sometimes. So like, and you're like, help, like, you're like, I'm trying to be patient and I'm losing my mind. And I think those things are things that everybody deals with, but nobody talks about, right? And I think that you demystified the sort of like image of perfection based on what people see or think that they see, right? And I think you humanized the journey, and how hard it is and your struggles with it. And I think that really ultimately helped heal you in a lot of ways and probably continues to do that because I imagine you get so much feedback in real time. Like I, I imagine everybody's oh. just like, thank you for doing that. Thank you for okay. posting that. Like to sometimes you'll you'll like post something and I'll be like, oh my God, me too. I had a full panic attack this morning. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, but I, I literally did right before this. Yeah. Well, not a panic attack, yeah, yeah, yeah. but a moment. Like, <gasps> in a moment. Oh God. Yes. And then learning also that I'm running a business and to be able to see the stuff when it's coming up. Now I'm able to see it. Before I would just be so swallowed by it. But now I'm able to be like, okay, I'm feeling super bothered, really irritated today. (laughs) However, I have a podcast and a live. So we're going to take the thing and we're just going to shift it to the side because (laughs) I am safe. I am okay. Mm -hmm. This is going like, everything's going to be fine. I can come back to that. And and I think that is something that businesses really taught me not allow everything to just like knock you off. You can't, you literally can't. You'll be on the floor all day. (laughs) Oh, literally all day long, but it is going back to the feedback. It's the, it's like the never ending feedback that just like, it fills my soul. It really truly does. And it has me doing things in my life. I never in a million years thought I would be doing because I feel so supported and just like, this is just the beginning because, you know, I think when you really experience this 
impact that you're, you've not only made within yourself, but to help anyone else along the way. It's so powerful and it keeps you like now I jump out of bed in the morning. Of course. You know, I also have a beautiful family yep. and children that I'm so in love with that it's just changed every aspect of my life. But well, I want to talk about the safety because I use that word a lot and I, it's one of those things where a friend of mine was, you know, I have a lot of people in my life looking for their person, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, I need my person. And, you know, I always say you need your safe person, right? And your safe person because that person, whether it's a husband, whether it's your sister, whether it's your best friend, your safe people, that's the healing process, right? Because where you go, where you feel safe, that's when you're going to be yourself, right? That's where you're going to let it all down. And I think that this process for you, I mean, clearly... 40s for you. This is like your best life, right? This is this is but you but you manifested it, you worked for it. It has been hard, but I also think that I think that probably your young self, all you were really looking for was probably safety, right? Because ultimately that's what you dream for, right? You just dream for like going to sleep at night feeling like you're safe, like your mom and your dad and your house, whatever it is, you just want to feel safe, right? Oh yeah. And now I think you've created that in every possible way. And I, I want to touch on something that when I met you, you mentioned it and I looked at you like you were an alien because <laughs> I was like, what? We, we were somewhere, I think at Paris's wedding, right? I think, and I turn around and this like tall, gorgeous person with this body, I cannot, but clearly you <laughs> work for, fair enough, genetically blessed, but also work for it very hard. But- I was like, let's get a drink. You're like, oh, I stopped drinking, but I'll get something. And I was like, wait, what? Like, wait, what? So that's fairly recent, right? Like two years, three years? It's been over three years. Wow. Okay, so I do want to talk about that because I've never been like a big drinker, but I am someone that's like, I don't drink at home. Like I have certain rules around it. But when I go out, I mean, 100%, I want a glass of wine. I want, but Mm -hmm. I want to know what took you there? Because clearly it's Mm -hmm. working and it's, I think, made you even clearer and safer and happier and more peaceful. But tell me about that. Absolutely. Well, it was so interesting because this was, it was a month before my birthday. I'm going to take you guys back Mm -hmm. to, it was November, 2019. And after every meditation practice, I would just have these, I mean, it's really crazy what happens when you have a consistent practice. And that's why I am so passionate about it because I'm like, you don't understand. I was not this person. Like, right. Sure. I'm telling you right now. And I can also revert back <laughs> to square one real quick if I don't sure. stay with, you know, which by the way, I love that part of myself yes. too. Like don't mess with me. It's good to have it in there when you need to access it. <laughs> but I, I prefer to be more grounded sure. and not completely fiery. But after every meditation, I would literally feel this kind of like intuitive feeling of like, get clear, mm-hmm. like get clear. I was just about to launch my app. Okay. I had a few websites at this point but I was relaunching like a brand new website with an app. I had never had an app before. So I just kept thinking, okay, it's time to get clear. I'm launching the app. It's time, you know, like, and I just, instead of 
one thing I've learned to do is when you hear those calls, because we all hear them, usually they're whispers and then they turn into cries sometimes when it like gets to the point where you're just like not listening. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the time, I think that is when certain things happen in people's lives because they didn't listen Mm -hmm. to that like strong, intuitive knowing or feeling. So I just said to myself, I was like, you know what? And it was funny because I had like drank the night before and I wasn't feeling great. And I'm talking like a couple drinks. Yeah. Because I had built a mindful relationship with alcohol. But I was like, I am just going to take the next 30 days to get crystal clear with mm-hmm. myself. I'm, you know, my birthday's coming up. So I took those 30 days and the 30 days turned into 60 days, 90 days. And the reason why is because I liked the way that I felt. I just felt this overall clarity. I felt a reduction of anxiety, which for me was like a major culprit for even just trying life without alcohol. Plus, listen, I'm a product of alcoholics, uh, you know, alcoholism runs in the bloodline. So and strong. That's a strong one. Yeah. And I've always been able to recognize like my own addictive personality with whatever it is. So yeah, it just turned into this thing. And then the pandemic hit and it was like, it was so crazy because I was like all this time, I thought it was like the app and like, I don't, I mean, I know people, it can sound crazy, but now I look back and I'm like, no, like I was like getting prepared for something that no one could be freaking prepared for. But there was just this, I don't know. I, instead of like living in the force, I was like leaning into the flow of what I was feeling, which is how I do everything. Mm -hmm. I have to feel that way. And the most unfortunate time in the world, I was mentally prepared for how to handle something that I, I don't know that I would have, you know, been able to handle it the way that I did because I wasn't drinking. And, you know, it it was a massive silver lining to be able to be like set up in a place digitally where I was able to share this work with so many people when we needed it most. 100, like 100%. And I think I... it's wild because I think so many businesses didn't survive in the pandemic because they didn't know how to be. And mm-hmm. I think that in that moment, again, that's when I saw you. And I just was like, yes, she a hundred percent, this is who we need. And I'm not someone that's a big exerciser. I'm not someone that meditates. I'm not the person, but I was mm-hmm. like, I get her. Like I get her. She sees all of us. She's nutty like all of us. She owns her nuttiness (laughs) like all of us. Like it's it's different. And I think, but I think not drinking does provide clarity. And what I do want to point out is what I've realized recently. And I said this to Roger, I cannot believe how many friends I have that I've discovered over the last few months that are sober since the mm-hmm. pandemic became sober after the pandemic because right. like if you didn't do that just before the pandemic that could have gone another way right because oh, everyone sure. everyone that was prone to drinking went so excessively in the pandemic everyone i know honestly i know and so obviously you saw something without knowing that you saw something <laughs> 
before. <laughs> I know it's it, and and like even today, I'm like it's been over three years. I like was at dinner last night with my girlfriend who hasn't drank in 19 years. Wow. And I used to. I literally told her, I'm like, I used to think you were like crazy. there was no way your life was fun. I right. actually was like, how is she sure. enjoying anything? And sure. what I've learned to really understand through this process is like, I actually enjoy my life and everything in front of me in such a bigger way. And it's, and by the way, I also have zero judgment for people. Like if you choose to drink and do your thing, I do however have something to say where it's just become this massive norm on social media to really glamorize yeah. and just broadcast the hangovers and the sure. this. And I, I, I just think it's important for these younger generations to know, like there's actually, there's a different way. And yeah. like, there is a movement towards living life, like with more of a clear head and a clear mind. And like, mm-hmm. that's also very cool. Like it's right. really freaking cool to wake up feeling good on a Saturday and a Sunday, I have to tell you. <laughs> Enjoying the whole damn day. Like, yeah. There ain't nothing cooler than that. <laughs> By the way, especially with two very young children who exactly. don't care what you did the night before and like, how much fun that, you had and how shitty you feel. Me, exactly. That's what's really kept me yes. going. And I always say too, I'm like, I could choose to have a drink tomorrow. I don't know. I just know right now. This is working. This is really supporting me and mm-hmm. it's yeah, I'm able to manage things differently. I'm more calm, which God, I know I need, (laughs) I need. But wait, so, okay. So you're living your wildest dreams right now beyond, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know that, but this is what I think. (laughs) I actually think that you haven't even scratched the surface of what is to come. And I, it's like even just knowing you for a few years, it's like you have so much that you're going to do still. But I think I think what I would love to know is sort of like, what is your dream? Like what, I mean, I'm someone that doesn't over plan my life, right? So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't set those in 2025, I'm doing that. But Me like, neither. But what's your like mindset now as you sit here? Are you able to enjoy where you are or are you like, oh my God, what's next? I'm doing this, 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 No, this. that's, I, <laughs> I think it's so important to really sit with this conversation because we're always looking always. for the next thing. Always. And uh, having you ask me, am I living my wildest dreams? I am living beyond right. my wildest dreams at this moment. And yes, like I love what I do. I really, truly love it. I love my life. I I love the simplicity of the days where I don't have the trips planned and mm-hmm. the things to do. I just like the way that I live my life. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of how I show up of how I treat myself, of how I treat everyone in my life. And while I feel so good, I have so many things that I desire. And like, that's what I, I really hold on to it like that. I'm like, I have deep, deep desires of really stepping in as a thought leader and a motivational speaker mm-hmm. in an even bigger way and really just spreading this message as far and as wide as I possibly can with as many people as I can because 
what I think about is like, I think of my seven year old self looking out that window of like the tiny little house that I grew up in and then crying out the window and feeling like nothing in life is possible. I truly thought some people were lucky. Mm -hmm. Nothing came easy. And I'm not saying that it it doesn't come easy or that I'm not lucky. I recognize my privilege and my luck. However, I believe that when you align your actions to support the life that you want for yourself mm-hmm. beyond that sky is the limit. And, and I, I am living proof of that. And I just, I'm really excited. I'm excited to write my book. I'm excited to maybe have a series one day, you know, I, I'm really excited about the endless possibilities, but I'm really present with what's in front of me and I don't lose sight of like, what has me here. And the most important thing is always like giving back to my members, my community that started this all. And that's truly what has been my focus for these, you know, past handful of years continues to be is like, how can we improve everything that we've built? How can we continue giving more, providing more value? And I think living in that way is where it just opens the doors and that life synchronicities just start to connect in the most unexpected of ways because you're truly living in the flow. And I have to live in the flow. As soon as something feels out of alignment or force for me, I know I can't do it because I think so many people, you know, pay attention to like what's going on, what is everybody else doing, the trends, the things, and they lose sight of themselves. Yes. Very and you much. have to stay authentic to like. Like what has me here? Like I'm so, you know, it's like really honing in on your authentic voice and not trying to be and do what everybody else is doing. There's space for everybody. Oh yeah. There is space for everybody and not everybody's going to love you and that's okay. That's why there's space for everybody. That's a big learning too. (laughs) Have you, and I imagine the answer is yes to this. And I don't ask everyone this question, but I definitely would want to ask you this. I personally experienced this throughout my entire career, even still today. But have you had people in your life who wanted to see you fail, who wanted to kick you down, who wanted to have you canceled before canceling was a thing? How, is there, have you let the haters in and is that was that part of your struggle to get to your place that you're in now? Like, Or did you have people that were like, Melissa, you got that? Like who was, I think one part of the question is, have you had those people that tried Mm -hmm. to to knock you down? And conversely, did you have one person that was like, you got this, I know you got this, go. I'm going to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to be your cheerleader because you don't have one, right? Like Mm -hmm. who was that person, if there was one? I mean, you know, I'm, so lucky to have married like my mentor, like Noah is just, he has taught me so much about life and business and even just in our relationship. And it's interesting. He's, he's such a soundboard for me, but we're also so different and even our businesses are so different. So while, you know, I'll go to him and just I always say he gives me like the one thing that like money cannot buy. And that's just the most incredible advice. He gives great advice. Mm -hmm. He has amazing experiences. However, I don't always take 
is advice. Right. I really listen to myself. And I have, without a doubt, had those people in my life who, unfortunately, you know, yeah. it's like they can latch on because they're really good at that. But I have a really strong sense. And as now, soon as I... Now. Or yeah, before I too. Mean, I've always had a really strong, like intuitive sense since I was really, really little. Same, but didn't you let them in anyway? I did. Me too. I did. And then when I, when I get to the point of like, I see it, yeah. I really like, yeah. I detach with love. Same, same. It's like red flag warnings. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a few times, but for me, I've really gotten into the place of no longer feeling like I need to give myself to everyone. Yeah. Like my time is so precious. Yeah. That's like the most precious thing we all have is like our time, where you choose to spend it. Yep. And I have gotten really good with my nose, like crystal clear. And I don't feel that. And I don't give big explanations like I used to. Good. I think that's, again, I want to talk about that because I think that's a lot of the I think that's a lot of turning 40. I don't put it as an age. I just mean in that space because Mm -hmm. my dad taught me as a serial entrepreneur, my dad always taught me that confidence comes with experience because my 20-something self just working 24-7 for probably 15 years straight, Mm -hmm. my dad used to, I used to be like, dad, when am I going to stop like getting nervous on every shoot that I walk into as if it's my last job, right? And my dad would always say, confidence only comes with experience. It just only comes with experience. And, and it's true. And I think that's life too, where 40 becomes this different game. It's a different playing field. And it's like, nope, I have this much time. And these are, this is what's allowed in it. Right. Right. And you lose some of that guilt, right? You lose some of that guilt about walking away from a situation or, or a person who's toxic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so Okay. So Noah, I do want to touch on Noah because, (laughs) you know, I've known him for so many years, but I, I want to say that I think one of the beautiful things about Noah is he's like on top of his game and like, how long has he been doing what he does? Right. I mean, (laughs) Noah is one of the original club restaurants. I mean, he's like a master at what he does. And so many of the people in that industry go like really high and then they crash. Mm-hmm. He's just what, 25 years later? More? I, think I don't even, even know. More. But I, yeah, but around that. And he's clear and he's kind and he's smart and he works so freaking hard. But like, I also think to have him as a safe person and mentor, let alone your husband and father of your children is a beautiful thing. Oh my God, it is. He's the best. But I also think you are a fiery force of your own. (laughs) And be clear, I know who the boss is in that house. But but I just want to say, I love what you're doing. I love what you do. I love that you have created a space for so many women with every background, with every upbringing, with every you know, every different way that they choose to live their lives. And I think you've made a very safe place to speak freely about anxiety, about eating disorders, about struggles, about daily life (laughs) being terrifying and those moments. 
But also I think the most important thing without sounding really like, you know, cliche, but like learning to love yourself because I do believe that, you know, it's funny because I'll always call you Melissa Wood Health. Like I just will (laughs) because we all just got called our Instagram names. Um, But I do, it's so beyond, it's funny because I think about your exercise and workout and flow as so secondary to the brand weirdly. Like I know that that's so important and that's why everybody follows you like a cult leader in a good way. But like, (laughs) but I think that your overall message that you live and preach and practice and talk about and show and very candidly share your weaker moments, I think has really brought together this beautiful community, you know, and for someone like me who doesn't really do that, nor do I have a lot of actual time, I just found it all so compelling. And then obviously when I got to actually meet you, I was like, oh my God, I already love you, you know? So I just, I really believe in what you're doing. I really, I think so many people do, and I think so many people are grateful to you for it. And I'm just excited, honestly, to see what's next. I am. Or or just, or by the way, if you just keep doing exactly what you're doing now, that's also just (laughs) enough. So thank you. I'm so grateful that I, I, I'm really like, I'm grateful every day that I choose myself. I keep choosing myself and I keep choosing to do things to strengthen not only my body. And I think that's why a lot of people come to MWA just because they want the strength in their body. But I think what has really kept our community growing and thriving and no longer just surviving is that they find the strength within themselves and their mind that they never even knew was possible. And it's just the message that I, I want to keep sharing because I just, I believe so strongly in it. And I, I believe that we all have the power to do things beyond our wildest dreams when we connect to our truest self and we really learn to love ourselves as like crazy as that sounds. No, it's actually the hardest challenge I think in life for us. (laughs) It is. And when people give you compliments to accept it, to take things in and yeah, it's a lot of learnings, but I, I love the ride. I really do. I love the journey. There's no final destination for me. Like this is all just all encompassing what, you know, makes me, has made me come to life in a way that I never even knew was possible. Well, I love it. And so does everybody. So I'm happy to have you on because you are by far just one of the best examples of climbing in heels, even though, you know, you guys don't know Melissa, but she's like 5'10". So she doesn't actually need heels, but... No, I'm 5'9", you guys, and I grew an inch from my workouts. I was always 5'8". Every modeling agency was like, you're too short. This is like back 15 years. Now I'm 5'9 at 40, so I grew. Stop it. Swear to God. That's Swear to you. Crazy. As it's if we needed, posture, we needed you know? another, we needed another reason. <laughs> we needed another reason to look as I as I start to sit up straight, you're making me no, sit up straight. No, you sit straight. up straight, full shoulders back, belly button in. <laughs> Doing your A right lot now. changes when your posture opens up. <laughs> I love you madly. I love talking to you. I could talk to you for four days, but I do have to let you get back to your life. I can't wait to see you. I hope to spend a lot of time with you this summer. Yes. I'm so excited. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. 
Love you madly. I love you. Bye, sweets. Okay, I just want to thank my friend Melissa for coming on the podcast and talking about very candidly, very vulnerably, and just really honest about the struggles, the challenges, and the triumphs, which there are many throughout her life, and how she very bravely has faced them and overcome them, and how she has such incredible peace and confidence now, but that she really maintains a very, very strict practice to sort of maintain her sense of calm and peace and safety within her own life. She's truly just so impressive. She's incredibly fierce and powerful. She is, she likes to say bossy. I like to say strong, but she's also very, very open and vulnerable and really honest with all of us about her journey, the things she was ashamed of, the things she was scared of, the things she struggled with, and really talks about her very honest journey to get where she is now. And quite frankly, I think this is really just the beginning for her. And she's just amazing. I love what she's built. I follow her and I think she's just extraordinary all around. If you want more Climbing in Heels content, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing Heels Pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and of course, all things Curator. I'll see you all next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.